You artists have a special relationship to beauty. Beauty, like truth, brings joy to the human heart. Beauty is an invitation to savor life and a dream of the future. Beauty is a key to the mystery and a call to transcendence. Beauty is the vocation bestowed on you by the Creator. And the gift of artistic talent. None can sense more deeply than you, artists, ingenious creators of beauty that you are. That beauty will save the world. Welcome back to season two of Letter to Artists, brought to you from the vault at John Paul the Great Catholic University in Southern California. This podcast is inspired by the beloved Pope St. John Paul II's encyclical, Letter to Artists hoping to unite a community of creative Catholics to encourage one another to use our artistic talents to impact culture for Christ. I'm your host, Bailey Garland. Today, our guest is a gal of many trades, although she is a beautiful singer and a super active dancer. We'll actually be talking about her gifts in metalworking and painting. And metalworking is a new topic for the show, so I'm particularly excited for, for that portion of our conversation. And As you all know now, season two, we've been branching out from our JP Catholic community to connect with and hear the stories of Catholic artists outside of our sphere because we really wanted to encourage, right, that community of creative Catholics that we could share in these conversations to inspire one another with all of our different talents and gifts. And so as we find people who are living out that mission, we want to hear from them how they're impacting culture for Christ. And so I'm so happy to be sharing this hour of time with a dear friend of mine, Noelle Doherty. Welcome, Noelle. Hi, thank you, Bailey, for that awesome introduction. So happy to be here. I'm so happy that you're here. It's kind of <laughs> funny because Noelle and I actually, we lived together for two years at, at Illinois State University. And wow, yeah, we, <laughs> we kind of lived through it all. We survived COVID together. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, that's a big deal. <laughs> it was. And I think the funny thing is, is that we had such a creative household so there was always like <laughs> like I'd be shouting monologues at the computer for my acting <laughs> class. Noelle would have her painting supplies all over the living room and we had another friend Jessica she plays the violin and she'd be like going hard at her violin because she had her her senior performance at the end of the year so it's kind of a crazy household (laughs) (laughs) yeah that was a gift that was really cool (laughs) it really was oh my gosh and yeah that was just a funny time but anyway Noelle I just wanted to Let's because you're a metal work, right? You do jewelry, you do sculptures, you do all those different th- types of things. So to start us off, I kind of wanted to know what is your favorite type of jewelry? Oh, my favorite type of jewelry. Great question. Hmm. I like the look of all jewelry and I wish I could say I was one who like, you know, displays it well and, and gets my use out of it. But I tend to go really simple with jewelry. Um, and not wear a lot. So maybe just like, honestly, like a simple ring or just a necklace. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's fun. I'm like really into golds right now. Um, gold? I, gold, yeah. So I've been really okay. loving the gold jewelry. Every I think every day I wear I, my either my gold hoops or my gold rings. And I think it's kind of funny because, well, I think it matches my hair, my personality, because I'm for all the listeners out there who can't see me I'm a redhead and so I think it brings out those different kind of colors in my hair I I really like gold I used to be so into silver but I think I'm gold's my my true calling but yeah I like how you're going with a preference of type of metals gold is also awesome to work with if you're talking about actual metal working Mm. it's definitely a dream to work with Mm -hmm. oh that's cool good choice 
Thank you. <laughs> All right. So before we dive deeper into our interview, I just wanted to start off by letting everyone know our JP2 quote that's kind of from from his encyclical letter to artists that's been guiding our, that's going to guide this conversation. And so this is the quote. Every genuine art form in its own way is a path to the inmost reality of man and of the world. It is therefore for a wholly valid approach to the realm of faith, which gives human experience its ultimate meaning. So diving in now, Noel, would you mind just leading us in a prayer? I would love to. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Come Holy Spirit, Lord, we just place yourself in your presence, all those listeners and us too. Um, we just unite our wills to yours, Lord. We ask for you to pour down your mercy and especially be present with us in this conversation um, so that we can learn more about you through learning and talking about beauty. Thank you for this opportunity to um, talk about the great gifts that you have given us. Um, and we ask all this through um, our mother's intercession always. Um, Mary, Mother of God, pray for us. Pray for us. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks, Noelle. So why don't we dive in? Just tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, great. So I, like Bailey said, we roomed together for two years. So I um, went to ISU with her. Um, I've grown up in Illinois. I'm actually from the suburbs of Chicago. So pretty much been in Illinois my whole life. Um, went to school here until just this past year when I moved out to Colorado for graduate school. Um, I'm, right now I'm studying pastoral theology because the Lord just called me in that direction um, really recently. But um, before that, I was an art student at Illinois State. And so it's definitely been a whirlwind, um, but it's been cool to see different um, areas of the world, really. And um, and yeah, but I'm a true Illinoisan. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> um, and yeah, a little bit about my faith, too. I grew up Catholic. Um, so I was a cradle Catholic, um, but we kind of just, I'm, I'm so grateful that we always practiced. We always went to mass, but I definitely wasn't as into my faith as I am now. So I would say I did have a bit of a reversion to the faith, like at the end of high school, going into college, um, um, which I'm very, very grateful for. Um, and I feel has definitely led me to this pastoral theology track that I'm, that I'm at today. So, um, yeah, that's a little bit about me. <laughs> so when did you begin, um, kind of your journey in art? Um, I mean, did you get into painting? Did you get into the metalworking first? What kind of led you into majoring it in, at ISU? I would say that my journey in art probably started from the very beginning, <laughs> I was just really like making things. And so paint, as far as metal working and painting, which um, was so cool, just exciting for me that I was able to hone into those things in college. I had no idea how much I liked those because I really didn't do any of that throughout my life. It was always just like crafting things of whatever I could find and um, material wise and just getting all these ideas. So I always liked that. Um, but then I finally got into painting and metalworking my sophomore year of college when I 
started going to, I transferred into ISU and they had an awesome art program. So the teachers there maybe saw something of a, um, me gravitating towards those and, and I did too. <laughs> so that was the big, when I, um, started that full force. What was kind of drawing you to like gravitate toward those things? You know, I, I really, it took some time for me to be okay with doing something that I loved the best. It, mm-hmm. um, and of course, there, everyone has so many gifts, so there's so many different things you could do and be happy. But I think it was just very natural with those. Those are the things I always wanted to go back to. It really just took a little bit for me to stop trying to do the most responsible thing. <laughs> like I tried to go into nursing. So I was like, oh, healthy, yeah. And that's such a responsible, good career. And <laughs> changed to when I was like, okay, maybe okay, fine, I'll do art because I know I love it. But then I was like, graphic design, that's the most responsible. So when I was finally oh, like, yeah. you know what? Doing the most responsible thing of what I thought at the time is making me a little miserable. So I kind of, um, those had really Holy Spirit, like just randomly took a painting and metalworking class, probably as an elective, if I'm remembering. I think it was just like, yeah, I'll get a little bit of that and realize, actually, no, this is great. I want to stick with it. That's really funny. I forgot that you did graphic design for a little bit and just that, that journey of how you were like creeping slowly towards what you, what you really were feeling called to do, but it just took you a little bit, which, which I feel like is, is very normal for a lot of us. We kind of fight. I think a lot of times we fight that the Lord might actually be calling us to do exactly what we desire to do. Cause I think we have a Mm -hmm. little bit of a disconnect, obviously, right. We have to right order our desires and pray for those to be purified and, and in good intention and, and, in line with his will. But I think a lot of times then when he finally is like, no, I'm like our, his, well, I feel like his perfect will is usually where our desires meet, like our, our talents and his will. Like that's where everything is connected. And I think we've have a hard time accepting that he could be calling us to do the thing we want to do. Um, but that's so cool. Right. So what is the process of you? Um, I, let's go metalworking first, since that's the main topic of this episode. What, like, so you're sitting down, what do you, when you say metalworking, what are you, what are you doing? What are you creating? What are you making? Good question. So what am I doing in metalworking? Um, there's different kinds of metalworking, but the way that um, Illinois State's fine arts program had theirs was basically light metalworking. So it's kind of a combination of making jewelry and sculpture. So you take the lightweightness of jewelry and like the very um, sometimes abstract, just organic, like very artsy, do whatever you want <laughs> in sculpture and like smash those together. So it's kind of like a um, craft where it has a, a use and a function, but then it has this very aesthetic quality mm. to it as well. So in the actual process of metalworking, it's a lot of brainstorming, reflecting, Honestly, researching and what are ideas that I could do and doing a lot of that groundwork of, of sketching, talking to people, like knowing what's actually realistic. And then, um, uh, then there's the actual process of making it. So the process of doing metalworking, I would say, is a, a good marriage between a lot of planning and thought and then and putting that into action. And there's all kinds of, once you put it into action, there's all kinds of different processes that you could do but some of the main ones that I was taught in our art program 
um, were this method called lost wax, um, lost wax casting, which was super fun. Um, and then there's something called chase and repose. And there's also um, fabricating um, objects. And so, I mean, those <laughs> so many details to each of them, right? Um, but those are a few of the actual like hands-on, you know, like what does it actually look like when you're creating something? So is it like you take, in, in all of those different processes, is it like you take a like a something, a metal, and it's like the way that they're like, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> my terminology is not good, but like the way they're baked or like, <laughs> like molded or like, <laughs> how does that work? Yeah, yeah, exa- exactly. It, it is kind of baked. I mean, you use a lot of heat in each of the processes usually. Um, so baked is actually a pretty accurate word sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so the, the casting um, is basically like you get the metal, you've made your whatever it is that you've come up with you've actually done it in wax, which does take some like fire because you can like melt the wax how you'd like to, or you can carve the wax with some really sharp tools. And so you've got this just to exactly how you want it. And you're going to put it in this plaster that's liquid. And when it dries, you do heat it so that the wax comes straight out of that plaster. And all you have is a mold left over. And in my case, my, my teacher, because I don't think I was brave enough to heat up the metal to this level, would heat it so much to where the usually sterling silver is what we would use, would become liquid metal, and you pour that into the mold. Mm. Um, and of course, you take then the plaster off. But basically, most of what you're making is actually learning how to make things in wax, and then you get to cast it into metal. Um, and like sterling silver or gold. And then there's a lot of cleanup of sanding and polishing after the fact. Oh, that's so, so cool. that would be that method. Yeah. And each, each little step definitely takes a long time. So you want to plan it right from the beginning. Cause you're definitely committing to something once you start. <laughs> um, and then the chase and repose is like using a flat piece of metal and you're actually pounding shapes into the front and the back of it. You heat up the metal to, to soften it, and then you let it cool down. And it's in a more softer state than it was before. And you take a um, something of a like a hammer or mallet. It's been a little bit since I've used these a hammer, but they call them and like something that looks like a like a little stick. <laughs> it's like a little um, has like either a ball or some shape on one end, and then another end that you can basically pound the shape into it lightly or hard, depending on what you're doing. Um, and that one, the whole thing is stabilized in, in like this tar kind of material, which is pretty cool. Um, so that's that method, which is really fun. And then all that fabrication is, is taking metal that's already, um, like usually like a flat sheet of metal or something that's already made and making it into something else. So you're not melting it and casting it into something totally new. Fabrication is more like taking the materials you got and like cutting them or bending them into something that you think um, matches your vision. Oh, wow. So that's kind of, I mean, those are two pretty different, like vastly different processes. It sounds like I'm catching that. I I really think that they are vastly different from one another. Yeah. They, they definitely feel very different as you're doing them. Mm -hmm. So it's cool to know that regardless of what you're, end vision is 
um, for your piece. Um, you can usually accomplish it in, in some way, even if a lot of times <laughs> my teacher would, um, Randy, Randy, he was so awesome. Um, he would have us like look at our idea, uh, be like, this is so awesome. You know, for us, but like, uh, maybe you need to like scale this down a little bit because he knew the processes so well. Mm. And that's something that would be cool to get to the point of that. Like, you know, after seeing your sketch that this could be accomplished in the metal. Cause I would say a big part of it is, um, of the design process would just be trying to gauge whether it's even possible to make what you're envisioning out of the material itself. Cause you, you know, it has its, it has its, um, like with those methods, there's a lot of different ways you could do things, but also each one kind of has its limits as well, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Oh, yeah. And no, I think this is so cool because hearing the process of how you made it, because I have gotten to see a lot of your finished pro- like projects, but not the process of the projects. And so I <laughs> do want to talk about your, so Noelle, they they did um a gallery showing. Is that what you call it? A gallery showing at the end of the year? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I want to talk about your gallery showing, which Noelle beautifully um, titled The Pearl of Great Price, um, which is funny because as I was praying and reflecting on recording this episode, we're recording it on July 25th and the gospel or the they were in the readings just the other day. I think it might have been Sunday. Did you catch that? Or what, I don't know if it was Sunday or if it was. Was it Matt? Matthew, the Pearl of Great Price. Yes. I, I can't believe I missed that. <laughs> I don't know. I can't remember if it was Sunday or a day before that or something like that. But it was so okay. funny. I was laughing because I was like, oh, <sighs> Lord, you always, because, you know, we're praying about these episodes, when to do them and when to. And so I was just like, oh, yeah. Lord, you want it. But so I do. I want to talk about the process for that gallery showing, because I know that was a, you showed your metalwork and you showed your painting. So can you talk about that whole process of one, just showing your pieces, preparing for that gallery showing how you picked what was going to be in there. Lots of questions. How you pick the title. Just go for it. <laughs> <laughs> well, sometimes people prepare for, you know, their art shows for years in advance. I don't know what most artists do, but I'm guessing that it's usually not like all crammed in with two different materials in just the span of two semesters like I did with the amount of work. <laughs> yeah. So really how I chose the work was, I made the work and then everything I made pretty much got with it. <laughs> I was like, this is what I got. <laughs> um, but the Lord provided a lot of grace that year. So of course I didn't put everything in there, but um, yeah. So being able to choose it, one of the hard things was trying to find how I was going to incorporate um, metalworking and painting into the same show because they're two such different processes and art forms from one another. And so really like for the title of the show, that was what helped tie those two mediums together a lot. And, and I think, I think at least that it was successful of how um, they were integrated together. So that, that verse that um, Bible verse that Bailey had was just talking about of the pearl of great price where the merchant is finds that, that pearl that nothing can match it and he he sells everything for that one pearl and how that pearl represents the kingdom of heaven and I can't remember exactly how um but I just know that at that time that scripture had been on my heart and on my mind and so I had been thinking about it and really through the 
probably the Holy Spirit was just like, wait a second, like pearls. Okay. Like that definitely goes with jewelry, metalworking. So like there's a very much a like symbolic quality there of just the fact that that scripture is talking about a pearl and I could incorporate pearls into the metalworking aspect. And then with the paintings, it was predominantly about, um, I was choosing to paint the saints who had um, stuck out to me, um, both from, you know, hundreds of years ago and a lot of more recent saints as well, who had given up everything for the Pearl of Great Price. So that's how I chose um, the, I, I think I had already started, I want to say I had already started painting the saints because I always painted people. So it was kind of already clear to me, like, you're going to do something figurative. So there's going to be, you know, you're going to be painting humans, <laughs> but I was painting just like the human family a lot, like my family, other people's family. But I was like, you know what? I need to, I need to start painting the family of the church, our, our spiritual mm, family on yeah. earth and in heaven. Um, and so that's why I started painting the saints. And really those, that scripture just kind of tied those two um, mediums together so I could present it all at once. Um, it did go through a couple of stages where I was like, oh, should I go this way? But it, after that idea, it was more clear which direction to go with it. Um, and yeah, what I forget what the other part of the, <laughs> was there another part? No, that was great. So as you were going through that process of showing your artwork, how did you, um, so now you talked about a lot about the paintings. Did you with the, I know you did like a series of rings as well, right? And so was that I like did. crafted because of the name or so you, you picked the name first and then you kind of went with it for the rings as well? You know, I can't remember what came first. Mm -hmm. <laughs> if it was the rings or the name, I think that the, you know, it was, I think it was the name that came first, the Pearl of Great Price. And it was just like, oh, wait, I could, I could do pearls. Mm. So I think I was thinking about how, okay, how can I present these pearls? And I've always really liked, um, like, sea, water, like, underwater kinds of things. So I ended up making these sterling silver rings that would somehow hold these pearls in a way that, you know, the pearl of great price, like they have to be held wow. like very well, like gently, like presented in a way that's like very, I don't know what the word is, like not dignified, but like to show its beauty, yeah. um, to show off its beauty um, of the pearl. And so um, they're not really like cl clams on top of the ring, but it kind of would remind someone, I think, of a clamshell. It's like got this wavy top of the ring that just sort of the pearls placed in and it holds as like nestled in the top um and then a very simple bottom of of the ring um shape but it's kind of got this underwater feel to it just to accentuate the pearl but i would say the the aspect of the um how it relates to the overall show is was purely symbolic of um that was what I had thought of <laughs> at the time. I was like, great, these relate together. I can smash them in. But then over time, I realized that there was a lot more parallels between the metalworking process and um, the process that God also forms people to be saints and to receive, you know, him like the ultimate pearl um, of great price. And um, so just the many, like, 
talking about all the metalworking processes that you have to go through as you were earlier just to get to the final product, you know, kind of looks like something might just like pop out at the end and like, bling, like, oh, so beautiful like that. You know, you try to make it look so easy, but really like the process, I started seeing parallels just between like that jewelry making process and that very like trying um, process of trying to say yes to becoming a saint, like God wants. Oh, wow. Oh, Noelle, that's so awesome. And I think the coolest part is that, you know, I get to imagine what all the artwork is. So now I'm like, you're talking about how delicately like the metal is holding the pearl and things like that. And, and I can see it. And I think we're going to link, we're going to link her show to, to the episode, if I'm not mistaken. Um, Noel, if you wouldn't mind sending me that, or I think you already did, but, yeah. um, yeah. so you'll, yeah. so everyone listening can, can take a look to it. Just that, like how, how art reflects the beauty, right. Of those, like those internal, um, thoughts and those internal concepts, those internal ideas that the Lord places on our heart. And then we're able to tangibly see through art, which I think is the coolest thing. Um, which I think we'll talk a little bit more about in the second half of the episode, but just one last question about your show before we kind of pivot it. Um, what was it like to do this type of gallery showing? Cause Illinois state university, we loved going there. Well, we had a John Paul II Newman center. That was kind of our, our oasis for our faith. Um, but overall the university is, is pretty secular and a variety, very big mix of, of beliefs on that campus. And particularly I think in the, the field of the art. So how was it kind of like, was it nerve wracking to put all of these things about Jesus <laughs> and the Pearl of Great Price right in the smack dab of like this gallery of like secular artists? How was that for you? What were the emotions like? <laughs> <laughs> Knowing me, it was probably just a little more nerve wracking to talk in front of people no matter what I'm saying. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, so much grace was being poured out at the time. I, I don't remember being so... Um, overwhelmed that year by the possibility of like, Oh, a lot of people don't like it for because it's Catholic and this is really secular. I, I remember being really excited about doing what I was finally doing at the time because I, I wasn't doing it my whole college career. I was yeah. really just painting people like nothing, nothing really very controversial in the world. Um, um, although I guess I was painting the human family in that, that could be, well, anyway, um, <laughs> you're right. It, you could, it can be kind of controversial. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, yeah. And even that, I guess, did bring up some discussions where people could see that. Anyway, that's a side tangent. But um, it was it was really good. Um, I I can't remember. I, I don't think I was really very heavily persecuted for doing what I was doing. Um, in very explicit ways, it might have just been more kind of under the surface things. And I definitely had some doubt, um, not personally, but like kind of coming from my mentors in the beginning of like, oh, you want to do your art show about that? Like, how how are you going to pull that off? You're doing about the saints, like, well, it's going to be so traditional. It's going to like, they're just not really um, seeing how the fruits that would come from it. But I think by the end, a couple of my professors were, I mean, they didn't convert to the Catholic faith or anything like that, but um, they, they definitely came on board and, and had appreciated 
what I was doing. So the surprising thing is I honestly had a lot of support even from, um, and, and almost especially from my, my beautiful friends who just, um, at the school who had totally different faith and backgrounds for me. So it was, it was really, really cool to see. And, and I would say the biggest thing that it showed me was how much I still didn't know about the faith because it would be a platform to bring up, um, discussions when people would see it. And, and you talk about art all the time in art school, cause we have critiques like almost every week. And so you talk about it and that would bring up lots of good discussions and, um, people knew where I stood, but a lot of times, um, I, I just realized that I wanted to learn so much more about the faith so that I could share it even more in a way that would help people. Um, and you can always, and we always should share the faith no matter um, how much you know, because all you, well, I'm just going on and on, but all, all you really um, <laughs> need to, to um, share at the base of it is how good the Lord is. And, and people see that, that you're living your life differently. Um, but it also was a call to, you know what? Maybe you should learn, learn more in a while. Cause if you're going to do this platform thing of art, like, um, it's helpful to know like deeply where I'm coming from. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. Please. And please go on and on and on. Don't even feel bad about it. <laughs> because I think that's so powerful. What you said is, is that like, um, Right. I think sometimes, yeah, we do. And even that question, I feel like, yeah, there's like an expectation of like, oh, we're being persecuted or something like that. And not even not even persecution. But like you said, it was a platform for conversation and personal connection with a bunch of people who did have different faith than you. So you could say like and it strengthened you and what you believed in and also called you into conversation with others. Right. To create. That. Mm -hmm. And that's what I love is that art is such a gathering place, like a place of where we're able to unite. So even though people necessarily didn't believe what like in what you were painting about but they could still see the beauty of it and they could appreciate that yeah like that it was uplifting in some sense of like oh this is making me um I, I just that transcendental right of beauty like it it's it's pointing us to something greater in, in its picture and even if they couldn't recognize like we're blind to maybe the the whole truth of Jesus Christ being the ultimate gift of beauty. We, we can still sense there's something greater before us through those images. And I think that's that whole point of art. So it's cool that yours in particular, we're doing that and not that everything needs to be like sunshine and rainbows. Right. But, um, <laughs> but that it can pierce the heart. And um, yeah, I thought that was so cool. And I, I did love seeing the the really cool part is that the way that this gallery is set up, Noel's was actually like the first, wasn't it like the right there, the first, like everyone had to see yours to go see everyone else's. Oh, yeah. And that, that was, was cool. Too. Yeah. yeah. And just like funny I mean, how the Lord works. I to see other people. <laughs> right. But it was just cool because like, it was like, okay, this is like, like everyone had to look at your paintings or like had to, like they kind of didn't have a choice. It was like yours was the first one there and to walk to, to see anybody else's, like they had to go through yours, which I thought was really cool just because from an evangelization standpoint, you kind of like, it was a little bit easier. <laughs> it's like, well, they have to look at mine. Um, so that was really cool. But yeah, so we're kind of at our halfway point in our, in our interview here. So I want to remind everyone of the JP two quote from his encyclical letter to artists that's been guiding this conversation today. Um, so I'm going to read it again. 
Every genuine art form in its own way is a path to the inmost reality of man and of the world. It is therefore a wholly valid approach to the realm of faith, which gives human experience its ultimate meaning. Again, that's from JP2's letter to artists, his 1999 encyclical. And Noelle, I just want to invite you now um, to kind of have any personal reflection that you made from that quote to what you're doing with your metalwork and your painting. Yeah, I... I love that the beginning of the quote, the um, every genuine art form in its own way is a path to the inmost reality of man. Um, I was thinking about that for a little bit and at first I was like, what does that mean? But what kind of um, hit me because what I'm, I'm learning right now in my, in my theology classes is about sacraments, how sacraments are like an outward sign that you could see, you know, you can smell or like, oh, usually like <laughs> hear or, or, or see <laughs> sometimes there's things you can fall um but it's like an outward sign of an inner reality um and i love that word like reality so how like the actual reality isn't necessarily the part you can see and so that just reminded me of how all art is leading um the human eye um to the human mind to like the heart of what the reality is of like who God is because he's the biggest reality. And so I kind of thought, wow, okay, I've been <laughs> lately it might be kind of weird, but I've been thinking of everything as a sacrament <laughs> mm. <laughs> because um, it's all, um, and I might be, hopefully I don't want to say anything heretical because <laughs> sometimes that's easy to do. <laughs> um, and, <laughs> and just starting to speculate about, about things. But um, I was just thinking about how, so I, I guess I just won't use the word everything, how so many um, things are just a outward sign of an inner reality of what God's actually doing. And so just thinking about that beauty of art, how it's an outward sign that is, is so uplifting, brings so much joy. And then the ultimate um, point is to point to God, who's that inner um, and all encompassing really reality, um, which is just so cool that art does that. Oh my gosh, it is so cool. <laughs> so thinking kind of of art in, in the way of a sacrament, I guess. Oh, that's awesome. And I love, um, I love, yeah, that you're, that you're thinking that way. And I, I think that's kind of what got me too. And, and I've been um, reflecting a lot about like, I, I'm in a, a class on eschatology, which is the study of the, the last things, but also everything else as well. <laughs> eschatology <laughs> encompasses a lot, but um, I, we've been talking a lot about like the new heaven and the new earth and um, like the new creation and all those things. And kind of, we've been reflecting, we had a reflection on particularly like, how this world is like God's painting. It's um, as beautiful and good and um, amazing, you know, and uplifting that a painting can be looking at the painting. Isn't, isn't the reality at the same time. It's a reflection of the reality. And mm -hmm. I think that's the really cool part too about art is that, different art like everyone can be looking at the same like you and I can be looking at the same mountain you and I can be looking at the same 
like ocean and how you design it on your painting or how you design it on your in through your metalworking is going to be much different than how I am because it's it's going to be reflected in your mind and then through your hands and it's going to be respect, reflected through my mind and my hands but then for god like that is the reality like that however that like mountain is like that is that is it like that is the beauty of the creation because it's like the reflection of god um like in the reality of the world but also how this world because of the fall and everything it's like we're it's not the the fullness of what we're going to be receiving in eternity which i think is super cool because if we think this is so amazing and beautiful <laughs> that world i mean the new creation is just going to be like wowza um yeah, just right. so powerful. So yeah. I don't know. I just think that's really cool in, in art, how everything can be translated. And um, and like you said, like to to reflect the inmost reality of man. So it's not like it's wrong that like yours, like how yours looks different from mine. That's not wrong. And it doesn't make it any less beautiful. It's just um, like the the highest reality is Christ, right? And the truth of that, but then how it gets reflected in us. But also because we are a reflection of Christ as well, right? So I don't know. I just think I just think all of that is, is pretty cool. So yeah. Um, yeah, I love how I love how you said just how the beauty to like manifest itself differently in different people. How you know we're going to perceive it differently, and then and then with that, like with what's all, our God already created, we're going to maybe be crafting something um, out of it in, in our minds too, and it almost like adds to the beauty. And like like you said, it's just a reflection that makes me so excited seeing like all these different. Um, that, I mean, from the same, in reference to the same beauty, which is God, but um, it's very exciting. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it's like, wow, this is beautiful, but not as beautiful <laughs> like what we're going to um, see in heaven. Right. And kind of going off that, like, it's a path to the inmost reality of man and maybe going into the path of the reality of Noel. Kind of, we were talking a little bit earlier in the show about your show, The Pearl of Great Price, that that was your your senior showcase, your gallery showing at Illinois State University. What, did you have a piece, like a favorite painting or a favorite piece of like metal work that you did that showed, really felt like it captured you and like what you were trying to do for that show or even just your favorite piece in general that you've ever made that shows the inmost reality kind of, of your heart? I know that's a hefty question, but. <laughs> oh, wow. That's a great one, though. I have to think about that for a second. Yeah, when I, let's see, when I was painting, um, there was a few that stuck out with me, but I would say my my favorite one is one that I have kept, um, in, it's actually in my room right now, <laughs> um, and it's a painting of Mary and Mary Magdalene, and they, it's during the passion of Jesus and in the rendition that I chose to do it, it's inspired from a film still, um, from the passion of the Christ of Mel Gibson. And so, um, in this film still, they're taking cloth. I don't know if it's part of their mantle or, or, um, or maybe actually, maybe it was given to them. And, um, regardless, they're basically wiping up, um, the blood of Jesus after, discouraging um and I just feel like that is a definitely a really emotional scene but then you think about like the pain of that of like Mary 
wiping out the blood of, of her son who's being so cruelly treated. Um, and I don't know, something about that painting, it, I really like it if I'm being honest, because it turned out so well, the way that like the form and the colors all match, like came yeah. together. <laughs> I was like, wow, this came together really quick. And like, that was, it's just like, you know, when it's right, you just know. Mm. Um, but then, but that one, after seeing it so many times, cause it's in my room has really made me reflect more on the suffering that Mary went through. And um, I suppose what's so powerful about, about that is that um, that union of her with her son, because no one's suffering was greater than Jesus, um, but then next to him, Mary, and so um, kind of that inspiration of like, okay, is this what authentic love looks like? And and if it does, like, am I willing to suffer to be, um, you know, not to be in like just gory and gruesome because that's what I want to do to be like radical or something, but like because it's done for love and then Mm. that love and suffering unites them together. And then they're because we go through so much suffering in the world then, um, and in our lives, then we also get invited into that great act of love of, of Jesus sacrificing himself. So I just think there was a lot to that one and maybe more reflecting to be done, but (laughs) I think that's so beautiful. And as you were talking, I was thinking about how you said earlier, you really love to portray the human family. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think particularly in that one, like that relationship between Mary and Jesus, um, although Jesus isn't like physically present in that image, like the fact that she's wiping up his blood makes him very present in the photo. And going back to the quote, I think that it's because we are inherently relational. That's the inmost reality of man. Like, right, God is a trinity. Mm. And and so he's a community of persons, right? The Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And we as our, like, the, our inmost reality is when, like, who we are is defined by our relationship as children of God. And then as, you know, sister, wife, brother, mother, all those things. And... I think that that's really beautiful that like you're able to capture that through your art, that, that inmost reality of man, even if it's not like, boom, like slapping you in the face, like this is it. Like, I think it really points to something greater that our greatest gift is the way that we react or interact in our relationships and how we treat those who we love. Right. You said all out of love. Um, And that's why I think it's really cool that you were like, that you just brought up, like not being gory for the sake of being gory, but for the sake of love. Like, is this something that points mm-hmm. to love? And I, I don't know, that was really powerful um, for me. And kind of an interesting segue, which I was like, maybe I shouldn't take it because this feels like totally on the other side of the coin, but now it seems like it's fitting. <laughs> but speaking of relationships, there's a beautiful play by John Paul II called The Jeweler Shop. And Noel and I have a particular connection to this play that he wrote because it's a reflection on the sacrament of marriage. And it, for a brief spark notes, it takes two couples. Uh, it's a three act play and um, how it's, it's about uh, the, yeah, the sacrament of marriage. And then the first couple is like, they really took their time to discern. And then the husband ends up passing away and they have a son and, and he's kind of trying to, and he comes in the third act. He's trying to take the place of his father and kind of make up for the, 
the absence of his father who passed away. And then the second couple, Anna and Steve and Stefan, they, um, they have a rocky marriage, a pretty, and they, they don't really know what it means to serve and, and how to serve each other and, or like lay down their lives for one another. And that really affects their daughter, Monica, who's then in the third act marrying Christopher, who's the son from the first act. So it's like almost generational wounds and how to deal with those and then how to incorporate God there. Um, and Noel, my question for you is, I know we, you and I were working on that project a long time during our creative endeavors separately of it. Um, did that, especially being called the jeweler shop and you're doing, you were doing metal work for this Pearl of Great Price and all the other things that you were doing. Was there any kind of reflection or integration between that play and your artwork? That's a really good question. (laughs) 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 I didn't think about that one. (laughs) Sorry, I threw you for a loop. (laughs) No, you're good. Um, (laughs) I was... um, yeah, as I was, yeah, Bailey was so beautifully actually directing it. It was actually really cool to see Bailey directing the jeweler shop. And even that, just that in itself was <laughs> an inspiration for Aww. art just to use your, your, your gifts, you know, because um, she was using them. But um, oh, I'm trying to think. I, I, when reflecting on that one in, in general, um, I, I feel that I, and I'm sure there's more to be done um, in reflections, but I um, was kind of gravitating towards how that there's the, the mirror of the jeweler shop in the play and yeah. how that might relate to the reflection of art in our world in general, of how, of how we look at it and how we can see through art but see it and then beyond that see um how god or you know that relational i that was such a great point with the um i hadn't even been thinking about that like what is it on in most reality and it it definitely has something to do with relationships and um first and foremost ours with god and then with each other um but um so that was really powerful for me too but i was thinking about um how in the play uh, one of the couples looks at the reflection of the outside of the jeweler shop and it, and it reflects them being married and it, it's a couple who's, um, they seem very God fearing. So they have a relationship with God and they're actually, so the jeweler representing God and in inside of the store, they're looking through and they can see him and they can hear him. And so it's kind of like looking through that glass is like a lens um, kind of like art is a lens to looking through the glass, maybe to the jeweler who's like representing God in, in the play. And so with other couple though, they don't look beyond just their own reflection and, and hear the jeweler speak it and see him. As, and I think that's how, how it was anyway. I could yeah. be misremembering, but, yeah. um, but then this couple with, with the generational wounds and things hasn't quite grown to that place of um, bringing God to the center of their relationship. So instead of looking through and like actually hearing things that the jeweler said, I I remember something of like, we didn't hear much, (laughs) Um, but they kind of just see their own reflections and kind of move past almost like beauty for the sake of beauty. Um, Like not really going beyond that. 
And so that's um, one of the major ways that I saw the two reflecting with one um, or kind of uh, paralleling one another. And I think also, um, like even because they were stopping in the jeweler shop for the rings. And I think that's something really cool too, because the rings, right when we get married, we exchange rings, not just like to have some jewelry, but for the symbol of the, I mean, I'm sure because you were talking, we were talking about gold right in the beginning and gold isn't, is gold the strongest metal or I don't know. Is that true? <laughs> <laughs> is gold the strongest metal? Gold is probably the best metal. Okay. I'm the best metal. <laughs> <laughs> so being there, or, you know, it's like always, we've got the gold in the Bible where it's like gold tested by fire and all these things. And yeah, and it's valuable for a reason. Too. Yeah. <laughs> and so to exchange those gold rings, that it means much more than just being like, oh, here's this ring on a finger. It's the symbol of marriage, the symbol of the union, the symbol of like to be able to go through fire together and, mm. and be purified into this beautiful, you know, for beauty, for the not beauty for the sake of beauty, but the purification, like to become more beautiful and to look beyond and to see where beauty is pointing. And I just think that that was so cool. And I think it was just awesome to watch like that affect both of us as we were living through it. Me on the, the theatrical, like actor, director, costume side and you on the jewelry, like the jewelry, the painting. And I know you, um, you had, you're in the, with the musicians too. And so I just thought like there, there was so much there in that play that I think really helped form our hearts to be able to like, do the things that we are doing now, which I think is really cool. Um, yeah. Did you have any, any final thoughts? I, I have another question yeah. for you, but I didn't know if you wanted to add more to that. Yeah, I wasn't. Um, I can't, I think I did a, a little, like um, there was like a song at the end that I was involved in. So yeah, that that's what was, I thought. it was cool to be able to um, like be a part of the rehearsal and things and mostly for most of what I did is I got to observe so it was really cool to just like sit and watch the actors who um, had were rehearsing these lines of John Paul II's <laughs> writing and just seeing the different couples and how like Bailey was talking about like the generational things that had been passed down but then how God at the center um, radically changes um, how you can live your life and, and how you can put God at the center of anything at the center of, um, like a marriage, like in a jeweler shop or, but also like to have him be first in your life so that he right orders like all these other, um, like gifts and, and everything, um, like we're talking about with the beauty of art, like visual and performing and everything. Um, so it was, it was really cool to, every time I feel like that it was rehearsed, there was something more that jumped out at me. Yeah. I feel the same way. I, I mean, I still feel it now. It's kind of crazy. And I'll be jumping back into that project again soon because I just can't get away from it because <laughs> the Lord just wants to call me deeper and deeper into it. So I'm, I'm super pumped to be going back into that play and, and trying to pull more out of it because I don't even think I'll have to pull. I think it'll just hit me in the face, but um, <laughs> <Probably>. <laughs> we are coming close to our time. So I do want to ask you one last question though. What is some advice that you would give to the Catholic artist trying to pursue their gift in metalworking or acting or singing while also trying to stay integrated in their faith life? 
Yeah. I, I, the advice that I would give, let's see, um, would be to first see it as, I, I feel like we've been talking around this word gift a lot, but, but again, just, just that it's a, a gift that, that whatever that is of the art or the performing or, or talent that you have that God has given you is, is truly a gift. And because he gave it to you, he wants you to use it. So use it <laughs> and, um, and use it to, to lift others up. Um, because, um, I think that just brings the most joy. And then as always, just keep prayer at the center because it's, it's not easy to do even just little do creative arts and little, um, than to think about like doing it, um, on a bigger scale and, in the world or as a career and like all the difficult choices and, and paths that you might come across. And so if you keep prayer at the center, then um, no matter what the Lord's going to guide you um, and he's going to keep helping you use that gift to, to uplift the culture with, Beauty, truth, and goodness. Woo! Uh, and that was so beautiful, I think, because we've been talking so much about reflection that, like, if art is a reflection of us and prayer is at the center, our art is going to reflect that prayer and that relationship with Christ. And it's going to reflect Christ. So, double prize, <laughs> which is awesome. So, oh, Noelle. Oh, thank you so much for joining us today, for sharing your time and your gifts and for just being here with all your wisdom and for being willing to, to open your heart with us. Of course. Thank you so much for having me, Bailey. This was definitely a joy and it's been great to talk about art um, after <laughs> taking so many theology classes. This was like <laughs> extremely refreshing. <laughs> oh, yay. Oh my gosh. Well, we'll have to have you on again another time, maybe to go a different route. Cause I, she, Noelle is a woman of many talents. She could have talked about many different art <laughs> I don't forms. Know about that. <laughs> We're trying to use them for the Lord, but <laughs> Well you are. So thank you so much, Noel. <laughs> All right, thank you. Thank you. And for all of our listeners out there, if you missed any of our show today or just want to catch an encore, we are on Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts. Just type in Letter to Artists. You can also find out more about the show by following us on Instagram. We just launched our first Instagram account at Letter to Artists pod so letter to artist pod please follow us we want to hear from you we want to interact with you we want to create that community of catholic artists that community of creative catholics um so reach out let's keep these conversations going letter to artists is proudly brought to you by john paul the great catholic university hoping to encourage you to use your talents to impact culture for christ i'm your host bailey garland signing off with encouragement for your day be not afraid you artists who perceive in yourselves this kind of divine spark. As poet, writer, actor, architect, sculptor, musician, feel the obligation not to waste this talent, but to develop it, to put it at the service of your neighbor and of humanity as a whole. May the beauty which you pass on to generations still to come be such that it will stir them to wonder. Society needs you, artists. The world in which we live needs beauty. If you have some extra time, put those hours to use for the Lord. With Catholic Spirit Radio's growing radio network, we have three new behind-the-scenes volunteer positions. If you're interested, call the station. 
309-807-2427. Volunteers are specifically needed for each of these roles. First, an energetic and experienced event manager is needed to coordinate our spring and fall on-air fundraisers. Give us a call if that's you. Second, Catholic Spirit Radio needs one to two hours every two or three weeks from a volunteer or a team of two for lightweight general cleaning at our normal location. Give us a call if you and a friend are interested. And third, we are in need of one to two spirit liaisons from each of these areas. Rockford, Harvard, Morris, DeKalb, Sycamore, Lincoln, Pontiac, and Clinton. These individuals will assist with informational tables at your local events. Give us a call if you can help out. Become part of our radio mission in 2024. Volunteer at Catholic Spirit Radio. 309-807-2427. Hey, this is Father Mitch Pacwa, host of Open Line Wednesday. For me, Catholic Radio is a chance to speak and hear our Catholic doctrine, consider it, think about it, apply it to everyday life, and be blatantly in the public with it. And I am so thankful to you for being an important part of the Lord's plan by participating and listening Invite others to listen and hear open line. Three Kings Gifts has sacramental and seasonal gifts, religious medals, rosaries, and more on the College Avenue Epiphany Church campus in Normal. Three Kings Gifts is open 10 to 3.30 on Thursday and Friday, 8 to 1 on Sunday. Profits help charitable organizations. Hi, this is John Hall, president of Catholic Spirit Radio. Do you enjoy our programming? Well, we need your support to keep the programming at Catholic Spirit Radio on the air. If you already give, thank you. We appreciate your help. If you haven't given, we need your help now. To donate, go online at catholicspiritradio.com. That's catholicspiritradio.com. Or mail your donation to Catholic Spirit Radio, 108 Boykins Place, Normal, Illinois, 61761. Or stop by 108 Boykins Place. God bless you and thank you for your support of Catholic Spirit Radio. A warm welcome to our new Catholic Spirit Radio listeners in Rockford. We hope you are inspired and informed by our quality programs. Tell others about Catholic Spirit Radio now heard in the Rockford area on 88.9 FM and catholicspiritradio.com.